What's going on, y'all? My name is Brian Sanchez, and welcome to Living the Magic. Spending some time today reminiscing about the loss of an old friend. Uh, as you can tell by the title of this video, uh, we're talking about, of course, Splash Mountain. Uh, you know, over the last month or so, both coasts, Disneyland, Disney World, uh, have said goodbye, farewell, so long to uh, these iterations of the attraction. It's been around for a very, very long time. This is kind of the end of an era. And, uh, you know, again, this is not breaking news or anything. This is uh, me getting caught up on some of the newsworthy events and things that have happened in the parks over the last few months as I've been away uh, performing in a musical here in town and haven't had time to make uh, videos and podcasts about these things. And so I just want to share my thoughts and Say a proper farewell to Splash Mountain because, yes, uh, you know, I think last week was the uh, official closing of Disneyland's version of Splash Mountain. And about a month prior to that, maybe a little bit more, uh, you know, we said farewell to the one uh, in Orlando. This is an attraction that I have a really interesting and kind of weird relationship with uh, because. It is the one attraction that up until our last trip, which was in November of 2022, uh, I had actually never ridden this attraction. Uh, it was not something that we rode when I was younger. When I, you know, I when I lived in 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 Tampa as a child, and we used to go to Orlando to Disney World often. Um, I was always way too scared to ride this attraction. Um, I was a notoriously scaredy cat child. And so anything with a big drop, uh, things like that, I, yeah, I would throw a fit, uh, for lack of better words, um, <laughs> because I was just terrified, absolutely terrified. And so, uh, this one was one that I actually never ended up on. Uh, and then of course, water rides are not something that my family traditionally would go on, on the regular anyway. Um, we're not a family that likes to go and get wet and then spend the rest of the day with soaked through shoes and stuff. We were never, you know, that family. So, uh, it was pretty rare that my family rode this attraction at all. Uh, and then, so, you know, when that opportunity arose, I was too scared to get on anyway. And so I'd always end up staying with my grandmother, uh, my grandfather, my dad, uh, while the more thrill seeker folks in my family, my mom, my brother, my aunt, uh, an uncle and everyone would go and ride this, uh, and I would be left on the sidelines, mercifully left on the sidelines. Uh, they'd take me to go ride Peter Pan. This was back when Peter Pan used to be like a walk-on all the time, uh, or like a 10-minute wait max. Uh, we used to go and ride the uh, Peter Pan like four or five times in the time that it would take them to get through the hour-long plus wait for Splash Mountain. We'd go ride Peter Pan, uh, It's a Small World, and just, you know, all the rides in Fantasyland. Or uh, the people mover a couple more times, um, but yeah, in in 2022 at age 34, 35, yeah, 35. Wow, Ugh, I'm getting old. Uh, was the first time I ever rode this attraction, and I I loved it, and it was a, little bit, a bit bittersweet because on the one hand, I'm I'm glad I was able to experience the attraction and. Uh, you know, in, in the form that it was. Uh, but there's also like a part of me that wishes that I would have been a little bit more brave as a child and gotten to really enjoy and appreciate that attraction for what it was. Um, 
a lot longer uh, and and gotten to do multiple rides on that on that attraction and and really maybe get to fall in love with it the way that I've fallen in love with some other attractions uh, that I've ridden hundreds and hundreds of times, like Pirates and uh, Haunted Mansion and stuff like that. But nonetheless, again, I did get to say that I uh, that I did ride it, uh, and it was incredible. Uh, and you know, I, I I think there's a line that we can ride here because there's a lot of folks that you know, it's it's internet culture, it's podcast culture, it's what it is that we we tend to try to lump things into like a best and worst. Is it, um, it you know, there is no middle ground. There's no room for. Uh, nuance in our opinions of things anymore, it seems. And so, uh, you know, there's 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 a big camp of people that are, are you know are very very upset and still sad to see this attraction go uh, for a myriad of reasons. And and some of them are valid. Some of them, you know, this is an attraction that they grew up with, and it's part of the history and the land literal landscape of the parks. And so, uh, to make a giant change to an attraction that is wildly popular like this, you know, yeah, I, 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 I totally understand why some folks would be upset for some of those kind of things. Um, but I think there's, there's also, there's room here to acknowledge that while something is incredible and it is very, very beloved, there is room for some improvement. Uh, and it was clear over the last few years that, uh, Splash Mountain has, been showing its age drastically. Uh, you know, when we rode, there were several, uh, you know, animatronics and effects that just weren't working, uh, that were clearly broken, clearly visibly uh, in disrepair. Uh, you know, I've watched ride-through POVs of this attraction for years and years, so, like, I knew what this attraction looks like at its best when everything is working, and yes, it is fantastic, but... You know, it definitely needed upgrades with lighting. It definitely needed upgrades with, uh, you know, mechanical issues with animatronics and stuff like that. And then, yes, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it is based on a film that Disney, you know, whether you agree with their decision to or not, is not going to let see the light of day anytime soon and possibly ever again. So you have characters that as the generations go, along they're becoming less and less relevant and more and more you know you, you have to explain where these characters come from uh, and so since there isn't anything else that Disney can tie into this attraction or is unwilling to tie into this attraction with like a new movie or anything like that you know injecting it with an IP that is wildly popular and in my opinion, I've I've been on the record for years saying that Princess and the Frog is one of the most underrated and underutilized properties and and stories that Disney has. Um, it makes perfect sense that they would want to, you know, bring an update to this attraction and uh, use an IP that they very well can lean into and you know have have that synergy because that's what these parks have always been i think a lot of people forget that like you know the reason we have peter pan and snow white uh and pinocchio at disneyland you know all those fantasy land attractions that everyone loves dumbo and casey jr and you know all those things those are all 
rides meant to promote the films that Disney made. And so I, I, I think on some level, sometimes we forget that. And so if this is an attraction that is essentially promoting a film that Disney was never going to let see the light of day ever again, uh, yeah, they're going to replace it with one that they want to promote. Uh, I believe I heard a rumor that there's supposed to be uh, some sort of Princess and the Frog uh, series coming to Disney Plus uh, in the future. So just anything that they can do to keep relevancy with that property, I think Disney's going to do. Uh, and so, yeah, I think from a business standpoint, I see the reason why. Um, from a storytelling standpoint, I think, you know, a lot's been made that in Frontierland and Walt Disney World that Princess and the Frog doesn't necessarily fit the aesthetic of Frontierland. Um, but specifically in, in Disneyland, Splash Mountain is on the edge of New Orleans Square. And so... I mean, if you're trying to make that case in Disneyland that it doesn't fit the theming, I think you're telling on yourself a little bit. And, um, you know, I, 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 I think it's pretty clear and obvious where and how Tiana's Bayou Adventure, which is what we'll be replacing Splash Mountain, of course, uh, fits the aesthetic there. Uh, and I think with a little bit of retheming, we talked about this in an old video uh, about how Pecos Bill could very well be getting a little bit of a retheme and and just a little bit of tweaking with some of the theming elements and you could very very easily tie in the restaurant of Pecos Bills to be the sort of like merge point between the Old West Frontierland and the New Orleans Bayou little miniature New Orleans squares you know vibe that leads us up to uh, what will be Tiana's Bayou Adventure uh, I think I think that's probably going to end up happening. Uh, the more and more rumors I hear about it, the more and more it seems that it, it, that that's probably going to be the case. Maybe not necessarily a full-blown overhaul of the entire restaurant and the area to be a full-blown New Orleans square, but a little bit of theming to help blend those two areas together to kind of make them a little bit more cohesive. And I'm 100% for it because I think it would be really, really cool to be able to eat at a restaurant that's themed to Tiana since... That is all she ever wanted was to have a restaurant. Uh, and now with the backstory of what is coming, she has her own food company, uh, spices and things like that. Uh, so, and of course, beignets. Who doesn't want beignets? Bring us beignets to Orlando. Um, but yeah, this is not so much to look forward to what's coming uh, for Tiana's. This is merely a a farewell and a proper goodbye and send off to Splash Mountain. Uh, it was an incredible attraction that I really wish that I would have been able to uh, appreciate and, and ride more as a child uh, and grow up with it. Who knows? Maybe it would have helped conquer some of my fears that I brought into adulthood. Um, but that's a conversation to have with a therapist and not with strangers on the internet. Um, yeah, I will miss... I will miss it. The song zippity doo -dah, you know, still gets played in the parks here and there. Disneyland more, I feel like. Uh, not so much at Disney World. Uh, you don't tend to hear it as often. Um, that whole line area that is back behind the building, I didn't even know that existed until uh, this past year when we wrote it because, obviously, since I never stood in line for it, I never went back in there. Uh, and the one in Disney World specifically uh, standing in that extended queue that has where the gift shop is and the bathrooms and, you know, where everyone's kind of coming off the ride and, and trying to dry off and stuff. Um, 
standing in that line feels very much like when you're standing in line for Big Thunder Mountain at Disneyland and the attractions are kind of like all around you. Uh, it gave me that same vibe. And again, it's just another area that I wish I would have been able to experience as a younger child. I mean, I keep saying I've been able to experience that I would have experienced it, you know, if, that, that I would have had the guts to get on the attraction. Um, and so I, yeah, I'm definitely going to miss all of that stuff. I have a feeling a lot of those elements are going to probably remain the same or at least very, very similar. I think you're going to end up getting similar vibes with Tiana's Bayou Adventure that you do with Splash Mountain, but just with some updated animatronics and stuff. Um, the characters of Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox don't necessarily mean a ton to me. I didn't obviously grow up loving those characters and watching the movie. Um, but yeah, there's a little bit of me that is going to be sad to see them go. Um, you know, those characters have been around in Disney and Disney world as long as I can remember. Um, you know, they've been a fixture in that corner of Frontierland, Uh, and so, yeah, it's going to be a little sad to see them go. Uh, but I am, like I said, incredibly excited for what's to come and, uh, we'll do more videos talking about what's coming with Tiana's, but this is, you know, Splash Mountain. I'm hoping that the, the essence of the attraction will remain because one thing that Splash Mountain, that, that I took away from Splash Mountain at least, uh, was that it was so much fun. It was there was laughter, there was uh, uh, nerves, there's fear, there's, you know, all of those elements that make a really great attraction are present there. And I don't think they're going to end up going away. Uh, it's a testament to the folks that built it. Uh, and that's the last thing that I'll say before we end uh, this podcast uh, is I got to see, uh, you know, some videos of folks that were, you know, at Disneyland for the closing, uh, you know, of, of Splash Mountain. And there was a clip I saw, I believe it was in a Justin Scards video, um, that Tony Baxter, uh, if you don't know who Tony Baxter is, Tony Baxter is an Imagineer, uh, was the lead creative Imagineer, uh, on many, many attractions, but specifically Splash Mountain seems to be the one that he's known for the most, uh, that and, uh, you know, a couple others, but, um, and so th there was a video showing him like riding the, like the attraction one last time, getting in one last ride. Uh, and so I just want to say thank you to everyone who's ever, uh, you know, worked on this attraction, you know, frontline cast members, the attractions, folks, uh, Imagineers, maintenance folks, you know, theming painters, you know, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that worked on these attractions. And, uh, you know, they only are what they are because of the creative abilities, uh, you know, of these folks. And so just a huge, huge thank you to Tony Baxter and the rest of the Imagineering team and the frontline cast members who we don't end up knowing their names very often, who have always made, you know, these attractions very, very special. Uh, without them, uh, they would just be off-the-shelf theme park rides, and that's clearly not what they are. They clearly hold a special place in people's hearts. Uh, and so for your, you know, 30 years of, of you know, dedication and appreciation for these attractions and the experiences that you're bringing, you just want to say a huge thank you to everyone involved with Splash Mountain. Uh, and uh, hopefully the folks taking that torch forward uh, for what's to come uh, will live up to the honor and the legacy that uh, that you have 
put down. I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling now, of course, and I got really philosophical there for a minute. I don't know. That was kind of weird. Anyways, well, thank you so much. If you are still listening to this podcast, uh, I really do appreciate it. Let me know that you made it to the end. The secret word for this episode will be splash. Not that secret, probably big, you know, easy to guess, but anyways, uh, type splash in the comments if you made it to the end of this video uh, and you made it through my whole big long rant. Uh, and then do you have any favorite memories of Splash Mountain? Uh, you know, I'd love to hear people's stories, uh, what you guys thought of it uh, and and all of that. So anyways, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We'll be back soon. Uh, Going to talk some more uh, hotel stuff coming up soon. Uh, some news things opening, uh, and then where I'm at with my Disney fandom. Uh, we'll talk about some more stuff coming up in the next few days. But thank you so much. We'll see you all around. And as always, Kongaloosh! Kongaloosh!